0: Question, how do you feel that your favorite podcast was in the same brain wavelength as you when we decided to talk about The Good Place?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was so awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. I I was texting... um, I was texting... Uh, JBL's wife about this, I said, they stole this from us because we recorded it two weeks beforehand, and he stole our idea. He stole our idea. It was really cool. Uh, and it was funny because we got a lot of mentions in the uh, on Twitter about that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, so for those not in the know, Father Harrison is a huge fan. I'm becoming more and more of a fan of a little pop culture podcast called The Weekly Substandard. And their podcast episode for last week was on the good place and our episode was on the good place <laughs> it was just
1: like a weird coincidence of things it was awesome it was really cool mm-hmm. to, it was hear, cool to hear their their perspective although i uh i was i, I said to, i said to shannon jvl's got to work on his more on his on his theology a little bit because <laughs> he, <laughs> he was saying like all moral truth is rationally you can come to it by reason alone i said but that's not true in the christian tradition Right.
0: Okay, so because he was like, he was. I know what he was trying to rather say. Rather true, right? Yeah. So like, a lot of it can.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But also like, we also acknowledge the fact that even though you can, it's also very difficult to do. Yeah. And only if you spend like a lot of time, like Aquinas was like, it takes too long to figure this out by yourself anyway. Yeah. So that was a.
1: There was that, kind of and it's also there's the whole element of Christian charity, which is part of the moral life, is uh, not see, something. yeah, there it is. That you can like a gap is not rationally deducible. it's revealed mm-hmm. through Christ, so um, that was my little theological reflection, but I was so happy to hear about it. I was like, the, all these guys love it, and it it's made me it made me very happy. How did you feel about it
0: oh i i I thought it was great. It tickled me greatly. yeah I was like, oh, look at this, how delightful <laughs> and uh for everyone who like commented on our stuff saying, "Well, you know, I don't really like it. I don't think it's a great show, whatever." Like, you're allowed to be wrong. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay to be wrong. Like, some people <laughs> like the Big Bang Theory, and they, they're they wrong. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. Jesus still loves you. Exactly. You just have terrible taste in TV. That's all.
1: Although, I'll, I'll say this quickly. Big Bang Theory was good initially.
0: Hold oh, on. Oh, don't do this to me, Father Harrison. It was, don't okay. <laughs> when me. I say
1: good, I mean, like, it was interesting, at least, initially, because... Uh. But then they just lost everything, because they all got girlfriends and wives. Part of the part of the interesting thing of the characters was the fact that they weren't really, you know, marriageable, marriageable. Yeah. But anyways, that was, it was an okay show. It was, I mean, but it got, it just got like every other sitcom afterwards.
0: That's terrible take. It's a garbage opinion. You're, you're, you're garbage. Welcome Welcome to Clerically Speaking. This is Father Anthony Sharaba. This
1: is his father, Harrison. Yeah. So that's all you want so, to say?
0: I mean, I want, I always want to get your take on that. Cause I, I, I thought of you, Aww. I was listening to the podcast. <laughs> I was like, you know who would really like this? Father Harrison. Mm.
1: I was so shocked when I woke up that morning. Cause usually Thursday mornings, I have mass a little bit later. So I take it a little bit slower on Thursday mornings. I grab a cup of coffee and it down, it, it publishes at 8am and I'm like, mm. oh. so I was very happy to listen to that right away. Excellent. So I just got back from a women's retreat you've done you've done a women's retreat too right
0: absolutely yeah. i did it before you did yeah it's
1: interesting it's like i mean this one was about 100 it was really great and it and like on saturday i heard like five hours of confessions because i was the only priest there and then i had a priest come on saturday night to help out as well but i mean
0: all right time out time, yeah. out, time, out, time, out, time out five hours of confessions yes. is that like an exaggeration or is no, that like literal that's literal because i've only done like i've done three straight hours of confession before yeah it wasn't straight it wasn't straight yeah, yeah, it wasn't straight. But still, that's a lot.
1: That's a l- I was exhausted on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, okay. but it was awesome. It was great. I was so happy to hear that many confessions, and I, I, I had, I put it on Twitter. But I had a great joke at the beginning of my homily on Sunday. I said, you know, it's been a great. Oh, did you? It's been a great blessing this week being, uh, being with you all. I love hearing confessions. It's my favorite things to do as a priest. I got to hear five hours of confession yesterday, so I really thank you for that opportunity. But the real blessing has been the fact that there's been no lineup at the men's washroom
0: hey and they just,
1: I had them going for like a minute and a half. It was great.
0: They lost yeah, it? Yeah, they
1: lost it. So it was really cool, though. It was, it was my first time doing something like that for, and it, it was really good to see the transformations and people drawing closer to Jesus and doing adoration for them. And it was it was really nice. I
0: really enjoyed my time there. Did you have to, did you give a, oh, so you you preached to them, right? I just preached, yeah. Okay. I, didn't. I don't know about you, but like whenever I've either, like giving a talk to just women, mm-hmm. or seeing a talk given, like they're like the easiest audience. Yeah, they're so much more receptive than a bunch of dudes. Dude, you're like prove it to me, man. Yeah, prove exactly. Yourself. There's almost like a little bit of jealousy because you're up there in a position of authority, and everyone immediately wants to fight you. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to like. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you
1: like WWE so much, right? It's just because it's it's, it it's, it's an expression of the male desire just to fight for dominance.
0: Speaking of which, what do you think of the Daniel Bryan-Brock Lesnar match at Survivor Series? I have no idea who that is. Ah, shame. We need to get you watching, (laughs) WWE. I'm going to start you off with NXT. I can get you hooked on this. I guarantee it. Next time we (laughs) hang out with all the other priests, you, me, Father Rocket Dan, Nick, Friar Nick's already on board, Father Michael, we'll get everybody. And we're going to uh-huh. watch some NXT. I will get you addicted to professional wrestling. Do you think you could get Father Alec addicted? You know what? I think I could because if there's one thing that Father Alec likes, it's a good dose of absurdity. <laughs> like, he, like I if it's crazy that. enough, he'll, he'll dive right into that crazy. It's kind of weird. I, know he... I could
1: see him actually kind of liking it.
0: Oh, yeah. The storylines and stuff, he could break it down. He would love it.
1: Huh. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, speaking of large gatherings of people, I was at a large gathering of people just the other day. So my diocese has this thing, they call it the fall retreat. And it's not run by the diocese, but for for years now, this group of youth ministers has gotten together. We take over this campsite, have this big fall retreat for um, high school students, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to it when I was in high school. I got to help out at it as a seminarian. And now occasionally I can go back as a priest, it's so like 300 kids. It's amazing. They're just really good at what they do. So I got to do the "Ask a Priest Anything" oh nice segment. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So someone said I mentioned this on Twitter and made a joke about Curious Cat, but someone said, you know, if it's not anonymous, they won't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And that person was super wrong. Yeah, these kids jumped right in. Oh yeah, especially the the first group. It was a smaller group. And they jumped right in with like the LGBTQ questions. Yeah. How did the uh, grand jury report uh, affect me? Hmm. Uh, what did I think about the upcoming WWE pay per view? Like everything, <laughs> the gambit of questions that could have been asked. And it was awesome. That's awesome. And then the next, uh, so I did two sessions. The second session, it was bigger. Yeah. A lot more kids. So they were kind of nervous to get started because there's that you know pressure. Yeah. And there are a few adults there who. Eh, ask some questions and that can be tough for kids to get in yeah Mm -hmm. okay um but you know what changed it when we got really warmed up is they were talking about something i just talked about how the fact that you know i am their father as a priest Mm -hmm. and i love them Mm -hmm. and you would think you know it's just me saying i love you to these teens would kind of like i don't know either turn them off or get them like uh like this guy's a weirdo yeah but like their faces like lit up, hmm. like it was it was noticeable. Interesting. Because when, when I said it, I really meant it, right. you know. And I think people are just not used to hearing that.
1: Right. Interesting. And actually, huh. what
0: I've been I've been doing that more. I have a buddy um, who was who's a priest. He's a year ahead of me, and we were talking one night, and he says, "You know what? Tell the people when you preach to them, tell them that you love them, because they don't hear that enough from their priests." Right. And I was like, "Oh, yeah." So it's funny because after I told that, and like I just very honestly said like i'm doing this for you i'm your priest right it was after that they started hitting me with all the good nice. questions all the hard questions and it nice. was it was a beautiful thing to see
1: awesome cool how many kids were there in
0: total um at each session i'm not sure um but they were like maybe 30 at the first one mm-hmm. maybe like maybe oh man maybe like 70 at the second one okay was this was producer nick there producer nick was there he introduced me oh <laughs> um we actually you know it's really good whenever we like do ministry yeah. stuff together it doesn't happen often but it's actually a lot of fun nice you
1: know? yeah yeah awesome yeah. cool how did he find the yeah. weekend
0: oh my goodness he's exhausted because yeah. he emceed the whole thing
1: oh okay
0: um yeah and he's very involved in the planning of all of this gotcha. so he, he's whooped but uh yeah, he, has to he go does back to work on Monday. job yeah he has to go work the other youth ministers kind of have their day off yeah nick's going right back to work yeah. Wow, man. And then he's editing this podcast tonight. Deal with it, Nick. Is he editing it tonight? I mean, he might be because Thanksgiving's coming up. Oh, the real right, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I forget. You guys have this weird thing on. I, so I, I've I've had American Thanksgiving once. You mean Thanksgiving? American Thanksgiving. Like th- Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving? American Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, so what was your... <laughs> how did you... I, <laughs> who let you, who let you have real Thanksgiving? Who invited you?
1: Uh, it was when I was in working at the MCs for a year and uh, I, I was in Gallup, New Mexico. So a bunch of families were getting together and they said, oh yeah, can you come over for Thanksgiving dinner? I said, yeah, great. I thought, I cause I looked at my schedule. I thought, okay, good. We'll all be done at the soup kitchen, no later than five o'clock probably. Cause not many people are gonna come that day for Thanksgiving dinner. Cause they'll go back to the reserves or whatever to be with their families. Um, and they're like, no, 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 dinner's at, like, two. I'm like, that's not what the word dinner means.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's, like, when you do the Thanksgiving. Like, you do it, like, early. Why yeah. would you eat at
1: two o'clock in the afternoon? That doesn't make sense to me. Why? Why? Like, this is, like, the weird... It was so weird to me. It was great. I finally... I went there later on. I They warmed me up some turkey and mashed potatoes and everything. And it was nice. Um, But I was just totally
0: flabbergasted by this whole dinner is at two. Yeah, yeah. Why? Something about like having that big meal. Uh-huh. Like you don't want to eat lunch. Yeah. So you want to make yourself a little bit hungrier, I think. That's okay. probably the plan. Okay. And that way you have time still for like a little bit of an afternoon nap and you can still hang out in the evening. Maybe that's part and of it. And college oh, football. Oh. oh yeah, exactly. That's a thing too for people. Yeah. That went to like real colleges. So yeah. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, even though you were flabbergasted yeah. at the idea of two o'clock dinner. Uh-huh a saint who was never flabbergasted (laughs) but always had words of wisdom for us was Thomas Aquinas and he wrote an excellent book called the Summa Theologica and this is our tribute to his work via Twitter the Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweet tweet That was uh, give me a grade. Give me a grade. I'll give you B plus. I'll take it
1: because it was good. It was a good transition. It was good. I just want to laugh more. That's all.
0: That's yeah. It's true. It's true. It's I just true. want to laugh more. But like, but like B plus A minus, man. That's where that's I good. lived in seminary. Yeah. Like I was never an A plus student. <laughs> I'm like just like just a little bit above average. You know. That's that's that's, I, that's my
1: zone. And it's it's kind of funny too because it's it's all because of the substandard that we start it's funny how listening to podcasts form how you do your own sometimes
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely like we don't know what we're doing we're just listening to stuff we like and we're trying to do that i guess i don't know so i guess that works yeah so all all right let me get my twitter
1: open here you got one to start off with
0: i do have one let's start off with some controversy all right this is from steve the missionary okay and so this is a picture one but he says uh well, I went to Facebook and dot, 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 It's a picture of a priest wearing a chasuble. Oh, yeah, this. And this chasuble, the front of the chasuble is, there's Jesus. It's an image of the, not the Sacred Heart, what's the word I'm looking for? Divine Mercy. Divine Mercy, Jesus. It says, in God we trust, and the backdrop is this huge American flag. And on the back of the chasuble, same deal, backdrop. Big old American flag with an image of a cross on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, why was this a thing? Veterans Day. Veterans Day yeah. was in America just a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So, a lot of parishes heard um, God Bless America as some kind of hymn. So, so. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's go, the thing. go. I, I'm, I genuinely like love the country that I live in. Yeah. Like, I love America. You know it's not a perfect place but you know what i can say mass and peace pretty much mm-hmm. you know i've it, it's home and you love your home even if it's not perfect i think that's my yeah. opinion okay so i'm not like anti-patriotic or anything like that um i also have no illusions about like the great evils our country has committed we've done a lot of terrible terrible things okay uh-huh. but anyway that's my opinion but the thing is like there's the American flag, and then it's just, It's uh, who are we worshiping and what are we worshiping at mass? And like we have stuff like this, and I'm sure the priest is a great priest or whatever, but like stuff like this is ugh. Because the problem is that too many American Catholics are more concerned with being American and more concerned with being either Republican or Democrat, more concerned with the religiosity of nationalism and it can take various forms right and left mm-hmm. and they are in jesus yeah. christ and it drives me freaking insane
1: it's so weird for me again this might this might even be our next podcast because uh it, How, it's, it's an interesting thing again for me it's like an outsider it's just it's so weird to see to see this but it's also it's like why yeah why are you putting the american flag on a chasuble this is not the mass and, and it's and its vestments are not a place for like that's a weird form of enculturation yeah that is a very well, weird form the,
0: it's turning the chasuble into like a political um, symbol like a yeah a political symbol a billboard yep. it's like not what the chasuble is meant to like symbolize at all
1: i mean it gets you to the other question of how much how much imagery ought to be on a chasuble
0: well it depends i think yeah um if, if if I think it really depends on whether or not you're doing um facing the people mm-hmm. or facing east right like if you're facing the people you, there's already enough going on with the whole like face area I don't know yeah. it just seems uh, yeah don't, don't, but if on the back like have like a nice image of like Jesus or something mm-hmm. you know it makes a little bit more sense to yeah. me. I want Christ yeah.
1: pant- pantocrator on the back of the chasuble just so that if I'm facing east, all they see is yes. the judging face of Jesus looking towards Good.
0: them. <laughs> just staring them down. The justice of God. Like, even though the priest can't see you right now, Jesus can see you. Yeah. So stop picking your nose at mass, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. I was just like,
1: that is not okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's all enough right. of that. All right. Uh, This one is from Catholic Kung Fu, Anne M. Carpenter. She's a theologian. uh, Loves Balthazar. And so this is her. I'm a Balthazar guy. This is her. The phases of me rereading Balthazar's Holy Saturday stuff. Weird. I love it. I love it? I love it. No, I hate it. Too confused to have an opinion. Back to love. Love, hate, indecipherable. I don't know. But if anybody critiques this, I will fight them. And... I think I liked it a lot, just more because I'm like, yes, this is a very, this is pretty much a very good descriptor of reading his Holy Saturday. It's about um, what did it, what did Jesus's descent look like into hell, mm-hmm. right? Which will this will be a podcast one day for sure. So I'm not going to go
0: right because Holy Saturday is fascinating, yeah. and doesn't give doesn't get enough press. Yes,
1: exactly, and so Balthazar is just looking at this idea, and he talks a lot about uh, that Jesus' suffering is, is, is the, this continuation into the God-forsakenness and to its other depths of going to the absolute ends of hell, if you will, so that mm-hmm. those who are in Sheol see the suffering Messiah, in a way, and say, that's the Messiah, I will go with him, and I will go through his cross towards his resurrection type of idea. It's a very controversial uh, I
0: was going to say This is where he gets Into trouble a little bit Right well, no, With the Holy Saturday stuff He and doesn't Adrian get into trouble Because no one
1: No one he, He's not in trouble for it Like he, there, There's never any Like coming Any uh, letters from Rome About it or anything like that No
0: no 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 no. I'm not talking about Official trouble I'm talking about like Like quote unquote Theologians on Twitter trouble Yes like that Oh kind yes of trouble, yes, you know? yes 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 Like opinionated seminarians Kind of yeah. trouble You know yeah, what I'm we'll Yeah we'll do a
1: podcast On this one day Because I There's There are some books Against it too And I've read them And they were horrible so uh, but I just I was also just the way she went about talking about it I just thought it was really funny she's got a good wit she's worth following on Twitter so uh, I just
0: anytime someone mentions Balthazar and Holy Saturday I get excited alright do we want to do another big controversial one that I'm going to yell about or do we want to do a simple one I don't know I feel like yelling okay so this one is from Caitlin Greenleaf okay at uh, Steinke maybe yeah. anyway unpopular opinion unless nearly everyone is catholic you probably should not have your wedding during mass so many young couples want it during mass because they love their faith yet they don't care if people receive jesus in a state of mortal sin at their wedding talk about a spicy hot take that one right there so just to sum up she's saying you shouldn't have mass because Everyone you invite is probably in a state of mortal sin, so, and if you have a mass, it means you don't care if they receive in a state of mortal sin. Should we is not that, have? Am sun- I reading that Should wrong? we not
1: have Sunday mass then?
0: Should we not have mass, freaking ever? Like my goodness. So okay, okay. First things first. Before I yell <laughs> even more, which I will in a moment, don't you worry. I get it. The fact that very often. At funerals and weddings, you'll get people who maybe don't go to Mass very often, Right. and these kind of people, um, I mean, if you're not going to Mass and you're a Catholic, you know, that's grave matter right there. Mm-hmm. And stop me if I'm wrong, but we always talk about the fact that if you're in a state of mortal sin, you should not receive the Eucharist, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure the rule is if you have committed a grave sin and haven't confessed, mm-hmm. that's when you shouldn't receive Eucharist. Is that true or not? Sorry, say it one more time. I I uh, my blinked for a second. This, it's not being in the it's not being in state of mortal sin. Okay. Even though of course right. like that you shouldn't receive Eucharist. Right. But it's if you've committed a grave sin, uh-huh. then you should not receive until you go to confession.
1: Why what, why are you making a difference differentiation between mortal and grave sin?
0: Because not all grave sin is mortal. It isn't. Yeah. Because mortal sin the three kinds yeah. right? Are grave matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um full knowledge. Right. And um uh,
1: And full consent,
0: and full consent.
1: Well, it's just I've heard people talk about um, a grave sin or a mortal sin as as equal things, and then breaking it down afterwards is the the three qualities. So right, but okay. So I hear what I hear what they're saying, but there's reasons why we do this, and there's reasons why we encourage it. And first, as a priest, I always say because here's first things first it's our responsibility to inform consciences but it's up to people to uh, act on that informed conscience or not I can almost guarantee you that there are people who come to mass all the time in a state of mortal sin and don't know anything about it and I can't control that secondly um, the so like when I do a wedding and it's I mean she's right it's often a lot of people who are are, but it's not always the case it's not always the case I've done some weddings where it's like all catholic and it's like amazing and it feels like yeah you're like this is what church should feel like every Sunday almost Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Um, and I always make an announcement if you're not catholic or you've been away from the church for a while you're still welcome to come forward if you would like a blessing or you can remain in your seat that's what I say Mm-hmm. What they do in response to that's up to them. I yep. cannot control that. And if we worry about how about what other people are, I understand like the the desire to worry about it in one sense. But the second thing is we can't. We, we're not we're not police of people's consciences, right? We yeah. we, we can't be. Um, if that I mean even the law of the church says only in the case of public, well known, uh, sin does the priest or bishop have the right to refuse communion? But that's the only time we have the right to refuse it. The church herself, in other words, you are responsible for your own judgment, not me. It's
0: fascinating. You know, that's the thing that, like, the church in her theology treats people like they are adults. Fair or not, that's how she does it. Like, there is personal responsibility in this. Yeah. But also, also, if a couple wants to have mass for their wedding it is the eucharist and the holy sacrifice of the mass just fits so beautifully theologically with what's going on in the sacrament of matrimony yeah exactly (laughs) it's so beautiful because like it's it's just this this mirroring of christ's love for his church you have it quite like you have it there in the eucharist you have it there in the Mm sacrament it's so that's why catholics also hey another thing you need special permission if both parties are catholic not to have a mass so the church herself says if you're both catholic you like you should have a mass if not you should have a good reason not to have it so i get it because it's it's a painful thing to know even if you you don't really know but you know that people might be receiving unworthily but to to throw away mass because of that is just going way too far right so, I get it. I get it. But, but wrong. Super wrong.
1: Um, Yeah. And, and not only that, it's like you said, like it, it's and listen to the prayers of a wedding mass. Oh, right. They're so good. They're so good. Like, and, and the, the nuptial blessing. And it even makes mention uh. specifically about the body and blood that they are to receive as mm-hmm. the bond that unifies them. Like, it's it. Marriage and the mass are really, really meant to go together. And it's like, and, and not only that this is why actually even the church says not only you need special permission to not have a mass but it's also you need special permission if you're not marrying a catholic yeah you need special permission all these also things.
0: yeah that's a yeah so so caitlin i'm not yelling at you i'm yelling about the idea because you're not unique in this like idea you're a wonderful person jesus loves you very much yeah. this is just a tweet that i really hate that's all <laughs> that's all i'm saying i just ha- i just hate the tweets Love the tweeter, hate the tweet. That's what we do at Clerical Body.
1: There we go. Alright. So I got one that I think will um or oh, do you have one from our or do you want to do that last?
0: No, go okay. ahead. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. Let's do it last. So let's do okay. like yours okay. and then we can. Okay. Well oh, guys just just yeah. oh
1: keep listening. So I just I was gonna use this one just cause well, okay, no, I'll, well, yeah. I, let's let's do this one because I, I just think while we have another one after this it'll Lead well into your topic today. Cool. Okay, JD Flynn, who was tweeting like a madman and usurped my follow count on Twitter this week because of his awesome work. About time. Good. Good job, JD. You You deserve it. You deserve <laughs> it. Uh, so he quotes Louis Louis A Torres, I believe he Junior. I think he was. He's on the um review the review board for the USCCB or something like that during this week of crazy meetings. And Louis says this. Over the years, I felt the corruption of cynicism increasingly take hold and weaken me. I witnessed a church that seemed to listen less to Christ's teachings and more to the advice of lawyers. Yeah, it was, I thought it just hit something on the nose there that yeah. we, we, we worry so much about loss. And I get why we worry about lawsuits, but we worry so much about lawsuits and risk that we've forgotten what it means to be Christian.
0: That was the question that was going through my mind as I'm reading some of his live tweeting and stuff. Like, when they're making these decisions, is the foremost question in their minds, in their hearts, what would a good father do? Right. Like, as simple as that, is that the priority? Like, you can say these things are more complicated, but really, it's not. Yeah. You know what should a good father do who loves his children and wants to protect them? Yeah. And then, guys, you just gotta do it. Yeah. You know. And I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm not in that position. Oh, I know. But.
1: And it's hard. Like I'm trying not to be. But I, I had the same thoughts kind of go through my mind this that past week there with all that. I was just thinking. Where's the teaching of the Gospels? I mean, you saw it sometimes, and it, at the same time, it makes me wonder. What do bishops have to face all the time that makes them start to think about lawsuits more than the gospel sometimes? Not all bishops do that, obviously, right? But it was a question that—so like it also gets me to think, What's how have we been working as a church that they've maybe been hurt in such a way that they don't think about primacy of the gospel sometimes anymore? Because no, I don't mm-hmm. think it's—I think for the most part, I don't think it's like an ill-will type of thing on their part it's just they're not it's something's not crossing their mind and part of me wonders like i mean like when you start getting involved in diocesan governance and various committees and stuff like this you start to become aware of just how troublesome life is for a bishop it's like in some ways i'm starting to realize we really got to pray for these guys because Mm. um it is not an easy vocation and i can understand why people say no when they're offered the position
0: yeah but more on that later yes For now, we are going to enter our brand new Patreon sponsored segment. I don't know what it's called, but by the time this comes out, Nick has made a great bumper for it and he's gonna play it now. Patreon pontifications. You support us, we read your tweets. As we spoke about on our last uh, couple podcasts, we started our Patreon so that we can pay producer Nick because it is good and just that he be paid for the work he does so that we can buy Father Harrison a new mic stand to go with his shiny new microphone so that we can pay for the SoundCloud account we have. Yeah. And then extra monies that uh, go beyond that, we are giving to the Missionaries of Charity. Okay. And so many of you have been been super generous. Yes, thank you. You've already signed up. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So thank you. So one of the rewards for the tiers of the pastoral council and the church ladies, you get all thrown into this pool and a name is chosen at random mm-hmm. and whoever's name gets chosen gets to pick a tweet for this segment. So, the guy who was picked for this time wishes to remain anonymous, mm-hmm. but here is his tweet okay. that he chose. He chose, and this actually disappointed me a little bit, <laughs> he chose Hunter Lantzman's tweet. <laughs> so, what? you know, congratulations to you too, Hunter, I guess. Why, why, do you,
1: why, do you, why are you disappointed? Ah, I just want to make fun of Hunter. Okay.
0: Don't you just want to make fun of, like, nice people? No. Or is that just me? That's just you. I don't know. You're just a jerk. Uh, Yeah. Anywho, going (laughs) on to Hunter's tweets, it's this. Important to remember that even if we're on the website for jokes, we are all representatives of Christ all the time, and people will associate him with what we post if we claim to be faithful. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. some good, some good, honest... Holy tweeting totally tweeting from Hunter. I, in, and yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think a lot of people, we forget this. And I forget this too sometimes when I'm just being a goof on the uh, on the Twitters. Like we are, if we bear the name Christian, we represent Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if we bring people to Christ somehow through our humanity, if God allows us to do that, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But if we in any way, through our own fault, push people away from Jesus Christ yeah. because we're jerks, on a freaking website that will have eternal consequences yep. for us
1: uh it's kind of like your tweet from way back in the day about uh imagine what was it something about like imagine going to hell because of twitter
0: oh yeah going to hell because of twitter has to be the lamest yeah. way to do it or yeah, something. yeah it's my pin tweet it's it's a yes. evergreen tweet yeah. But, yeah but um so
1: it it and it's also reminding us too like this is something a lot of people forget and it's something Liz Bruning brought up with regards to the scandal and everything too that we forget that the church is what mediates Christ to the world and yeah. so if we are doing a horrible job at living the witness of that then we're going to be mediating a bad vision of Jesus and so we have to always remember like I am, I'm his representative and not just his representative Like he lives in me and so yeah. what I'm doing, he is, he's, he's trying to manifest himself through me. And if I'm getting in the way, then people are just going to have a weird sense of the church. And in a sense, rightfully so.
0: Well, thank you to Hunter Lanceman for exhorting us yes. in how to be good tweeters. Yes. But time for the real exhortation, the presbyteral exhortation. And now it is time for... Presbyteral exhortations. Oh yes, quite yes. good, quite good. indubitably mm-hmm. I bet they can't wait to learn. Oh, learn the one. Oh, it's my oh, favorite part. Oh, oh, it's the oh, best part. Yes, <laughs> yes, quite, quite. yes, right <laughs> I'm actually really proud of that one. C minus. I know it's lame. C minus. am really I don't
1: know why. C minus. <laughs>
0: I love it. You love it. Yes. No, okay. No. So, um, okay. Uh, like we alluded to, um, I wanted to speak a little about and have a conversation about authority and kind of along with that, authority and power, I think are two things, but, but particularly authority. Okay. So, I, like many people, were a little frustrated um, about the USCCB meeting that happened recently. Mm-hmm. And in the core of it, a lot of our frustration and some of the bishops' frustration is that they wanted to vote on implementing various reforms, having a council of lay people to check up on the bishops, to have kind of this like reporter, like hotline kind mm-hmm. of thing for um, bishops who aren't following the right procedures. Right. Or just to, you know, for accusations, that kind of thing. Um, you know, having lay commissions, all this good stuff that we've all like. Known that this is what we need. Right. We need. Right. Um, But then word came down from the Vatican that they were asked not to vote on that. Yeah. To wait until February when there's going to be a bigger meeting, I guess, of the bishops or a synod or something like that. So to wait for that and not to vote on these reforms. Uh And this was like hugely disappointing for people. Right. So a few things are going on here. Particularly with the scandal and with. Cardinal McCarrick in particular, because now the 2002 scandal was, it seemed mostly about abusive priests. Mm-hmm. But now we're becoming more and more aware of the fact that bishops made the wrong decisions, moved around priests, mm-hmm. that bishops have abused people, and like this bringing it to a new level. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the terrible sin that was done to these people and the woundedness mm-hmm. that was created in these people because of you know these actions. It's also taken on this element and this element of power. There's an absurd abuse of power and authority, mm-hmm. and it makes it really difficult because the church is so hierarchical that yeah. it seems like it's it seems like it's its own worst enemy right now. Yeah, because think back to the church fathers. Um, uh, is it Irenaeus? No, Ignatius of Antioch, who likens the bishop to God the Father. Yeah and having, you know, the priests and the people surround them. And it's a beautiful, beautiful theology. But if you take those texts, if you're to read them right now, you read that right now in this climate and you're like, ooh, I don't, I don't like that at all. Right. Because of what's going on. Uh-huh. And so I was talking to someone the other day who basically said, a faithful Catholic, but just in the throes of, of pain because of this. You know, I think this is just God just bringing down the church. I know that's heretical, but I feel like this is just God bringing down the church and that's what needs to happen right now. Hmm. And of course, like when we hear that, we know there's a lot of things. that are. That's not how the church works. It's, mm-hmm. That's not what God would do. But the pain and the feeling and the sentiment behind it, that part kind of rings a little bit true in our mm-hmm. hearts. Like it almost feels like we just should throw away the whole thing because of all that pain. Okay, so that's one aspect of this authority thing sure. I want to talk about. But the other aspect, and it's milder, is that either because of these abuses or because of just incompetence in the church in the past or the way the culture paints the church, it's that members in the church, priests, bishops in particular, seem to have now no moral authority. Right. Like we can't just go around saying the church says this and expect people to believe that, for better or for worse. Right. So... Yeah, I just want to talk about authority because it's in the foremo- foremost forefront of my mind right now mm-hmm. because it's being so corrupted and abused. Right. But authority itself isn't like a bad thing. Yeah. It's supposed to be a good thing, right. right? Right. Okay. So let's get a little more concrete with this.
1: Okay. Before we do... Okay, go ahead. Can I... When your friend was saying, I just feel like God has got to, is destroying the church or your friend's friend or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, why is that heretical? Because he's not like look at israel look at how god look at how they got pummeled at times
0: okay yeah yeah yeah. so god it can chastise the church greatly yes but he's not going to literally destroy the church no but like god th- is that what the broke down means? the temple but he didn't destroy the but people israel doesn't really
1: mean that because you know there'll still be ordinations there'll still be bishops one after another
0: you know it was one of those conversations where there was so much pain in what he said yeah. Now wasn't the time, right. you know, to ask him. Like, I just
1: had. Hey, okay. Can we parse
0: that out a little yeah. bit more theologically? Well, I just, I, I have a feeling
1: that that's what they mean. It's not like I hope is, so. I hope so. I don't think they mean annihilation. Sure. I just mean they mean like a severe pruning.
0: Well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That'll be a conversation from another time. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But going on. Yes. So Paul Harrison, yes. you are a man of authority. Yes. You tell your prisoners go and they go. You tell them <laughs> to go over there and they right. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. There's, <laughs> but my real question is like being a pastor. Like, what are the advantages? Of this because I think every priest wants to be a pastor, or at least most do. But what are like some of your fears and struggles and your experience with authority as a pastor of a some little parish off in Canada? Right. Um,
1: it's an interesting question, and I mean for me, it's still something I'm learning. Right. It, it's. I think I may have said it here before or said it elsewhere. They don't train you to be a pastor they just say, Hey, you've been ordained a couple of years. Here's a parish. I'm like, Oh, Ta-da. thank you. That's, that's great. Uh, what do I do? Oh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and I'm f- slowly figure I've, you know, I've made mistakes and decisions sometimes because I'm trying to figure out how do you lead people? Right. And I, I've recognized times where I'm like, I need to be more consultative with people. And there's other times where you just realize I need, this is the thing. It's, and it kind of gets to your point because I've had a few experiences where it's as if, where no matter even when you feel like it's an appropriate time to, to use your authority, mm-hmm. people will always take it as clericalism.
0: Yeah. Like any any hard
1: decision that doesn't go their way. They will automatically take as a clericalist attitude, which is interesting to me in that sense. And I've had a couple experiences like that. And I, I mean, and I'm trying to learn through it, right? I've learned even in these past few weeks about, okay, I need to ask people's opinion. I may, and it's about personality too. It's hard when you think, you know, best because of what all these different things, just because you know, best doesn't mean you should just go and do it. Yeah. Right. You need to bring people along. I was actually just talking to someone on the women's retreat who was sharing about a parish that they're in and, how their pastors just kind of just making all these changes without talking to anyone. And she's saying, I actually like the changes. I don't like the way he's going about it. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I'm being, my voice isn't being heard. And it was very, it was very good for me to hear that too. Right? So it's, I, I don't even really have a clear answer on this yet in the sense, because I'm so new at this and having authority is scary and it's, uh, I remember when I was an assistant, I kept on saying, "I would just like to be an assistant." <laughs> in a way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, being a pastor means you, and also meaning, you have to be okay with being the bad guy. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to make a decision you know is not going to be liked, but it's for the best of everyone involved. Um, I can give you an example where I, I mean, I haven't. We're we're still in the throw. We're still in the beginning time of, of changing it. But I've essentially said we can't have youth ministry right now. I know there's youth. Not a lot, like a dozen or so, but we have youth, and that's a reasonable number to do something for. But sure. it's falling on me and my religious ed coordinator's shoulders. She She's very, very part-time. I've I've got a billion other responsibilities with the parish and our school, and I'm like, I can't do this. So I am saying to the families slowly, I'm like, we're, we we're suspending youth ministry for a bit, not because it's not a good thing, but because we don't have the people to do it and we're, yeah. we're changing it. We're going to have a family ministry for once a month, right? A potluck, bring people together. They can have a session for kids, session for teenagers session for parents. But I'm like, and I have to do that because I I, I feel it's a need that needs to be addressed, but we can't address it with the way we've been doing things because I will burn out if I do it this way. Yeah, And that, I don't care how good it is. It's not worth me burning out over because this, then this diocese is, is short when we're priest,
0: mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and that's um, making me think a lot about what's going on at my assignments. Mm-hmm. So the big thing about this assignment is that we have seven parishes and we need to make those seven parishes one parish in the next, you know, year and ha- you know two years. Mm-hmm. There are going to be decisions that are going to need to be made and it's going to be the priests who make them. Yeah. And people are going to be ticked off at us. Like no matter what, no matter how reasonable it is, no matter how much and I think we can do more. Yeah. And, I, and I hope to do more to like lead people in this and show why and explain why and that's all that's all coming coming for you know mm-hmm. these people. Uh but it's going to be a painful thing. But something you said made me think about um oh that that idea of that woman who liked the changes but didn't like how they were being done. Yeah and this desire to be heard. And that's making me think about how much authority and trust are together, Yeah. right? Because if you're just making a decision without hearing your people, that sends a signal to them that maybe they can't trust you because while this decision might be a good one, the next one, we don't know if you're doing this because you love us. We don't know if you're doing this because it's the best for us. Or we don't know why you're doing this. Right. Because you're not hearing us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you've got authority coming, I think, basically from two different places. Yeah. From, like, your ministerial position yeah. as, like, a priest. And there's you know, there's a lot to that. But also, you gain a kind of authority from people trusting you, loving you, and knowing that they're loved, yeah. too. And you need both of those you, things.
1: It's, it's super... And it's, it's interesting cause I can say I've done both this year in my I'm, I'm getting up on my first year here as, as a pastor. I've done both. I realized that there's been a couple of occasions where while it was the right thing to do, I went about it the wrong way. Yeah. And there's been other times where I'm like, like, there's a few other changes where I'm like, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? This is, and then say, well, this is why I want to do this. What do you think about this? I know it's going to affect you this way or that way. What are your thoughts? And, um, I do find like when you communicate well to people and you give them a clear reason why you're wanting this, um, they generally will listen. If you communicate it reasonably well, if you communicate it um, in a way that you're saying, I'm willing to hear feedback on this, um, like just the other night, I had someone say, "Well, because we're we're on our diocesan appeal right now, so we're fundraising for a new sound system." He says, "Well, I don't agree that we should be getting a new sound system." So I said, "Okay, well, why?" He goes, "These are the reasons." So says, "No, I hear you, and I'm not discounting the other project that you think we should be doing, and it's still it's something we're still talking about." But um, I I consulted with pastoral council, finance committee, and this is these are the while the sound system may not be an issue for you, it's an issue for a lot of our parishioners, and these are the people who give money these older parishioners who can't hear very well and blah, blah, blah. And I, so I said, he goes, okay, I, I still don't agree, but I understand it more. Mm-hmm. And I said that and he, and we were, it was fine. It was good. Like it was a good conversation. Right. And I think he yeah. walked away saying, all right, I can, I mean, he may not even support the project and that's, that's fine, but at least he knows that I'm not just doing this just because I want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, it, it, you know, you mentioned earlier about power. And it's just this is such a a big thing because the way we perceive power today is so fundamentally different than the way power was used and expressed by Jesus and the apostles. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we look at power in a purely political lens, right? It's all about getting my agenda across. It's all about getting my. It's all about getting what I want for my reasons. And I'm like, but that's not like. And so when you're doing. 'Cause it is an exercise of power when you're acting pastorally or whatever. It is an exercise yes. of power. You're you're canonically this is an exercise of governance, which is legitimate to your office as pastor. So it's an exercise of power. Mm-hmm. But it's not a it's not meant to be a top down, like heavy handed way, as we see it in so many ways, but it's meant to be in a I think it should always be consultative in that sense and say, Well, what do you think? What do you yeah. think?
0: So here's the thing. I think the question is, what is power for? Yeah. Because there's a power in authority, but what is that power for? And power is for service. Yeah. A certain person is given power so they can do something else for someone else. Right. You as a pastor can take on the responsibility and make decisions that other people cannot. Exactly. And there's a freedom in that and a goodness in that especially if people love you and trust you, that they can, you can enact these good things for them, mm-hmm. whereas they could not. Yeah. Or a group of people could not. Yeah. That's that's what it's for. Yeah. And that's why you see someone who's wounded by power, it's when this person should be supporting you and loving you and doing something for you that you can't. The opposite of that is this, because it puts, uh, a person in a vulnerable pos- vulnerable position to you. Right. Because you ha- can do something that they can't. Yeah. So if power is misused, you're striking at the heart of that vulnerable place in a person. Yeah. And I think very often people who, even after you explain everything, even after you consult, even after you show that you care about them, if they're still upset, not just upset, but actively working against your decisions. Even though it's unreasonable, that that often comes from a place of woundedness because somebody else in power has wounded right. them,
1: right? Yeah, and that's the other thing too. It's you don't want to. I find often people, like I said, like I said myself, I know I've made mistakes this past year and how I've handled myself pastorally, and that's part of the, that's part of the learning curve. And I keep on saying, I'm like guys, I'm learning, but I didn't do it to hurt you. Like this was not yeah. malicious this was not intended to be a way to kind of strike you down and to get my way. I just realized I went about it the wrong way and I really am sorry about that. And I've learned from that and this, and I, and that's where you want the forgiveness to say like, I, I need that forgiveness. So, because I've learned from this now and and thanks though. Yes, it's a mistake on my part. I need your forgiveness so that I can now learning from this, I can move forward. I can grow and I can, I can be a better pastor because of it.
0: That is the biggest thing for me, what you just said. Okay. That you were in power and you apologize. Yeah. Because I think most of the abuse of power comes from people who refuse to apologize, who don't know how to hold their authority. Yeah, So I experienced this in good ways and bad ways in seminary. Uh, I've had formators, people who were above me. I might have told this on the podcast or not, but something that's so like intrinsic yeah. to my being yeah. and my experience, I'm just gonna say it again, even if I did already that held their power in this authoritative, authoritarian way. Yeah because they were afraid to lose it. right. So if they screwed up or if they put their foot down where they should not have, yeah, they were so afraid to lift it back up, because they're afraid that we wouldn't respect them, or they would lose their power, yeah. or they would lose control. Yeah. So they would keep on with the wrong decision, yeah, even if it was causing the community pain. Right. But I had this one I had one rector in particular who was amazing, and I went up so oh, this is how the story went. So they decided to have our masses at the seminary recorded and put on the radio. Right. And this really, really bothered me. OK. Because as a seminarian, I I felt like I was being kind of like trotted out um, week after week. We visited different parishes. I had to wear this like blazer with a patch on it. There were people around me all the time. I felt like somebody in a zoo, you know. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be my time of of quiet and my time of contemplation to figure out whether or not I'm supposed to be a priest. But I felt like I was just being put out there all the time. Which is very common in seminary. Yeah. And so now you're putting microphones for you know Thousands of I guess Probably like old ladies To listen to our mass Like you're bringing them Into the chapel And this like Made me so angry Yeah And so I, I Approached the rector And I started like Just freaking out about yes. this And he just exploded yeah. <laughs> and he just yelled at me And he, his points were correct Like mass is public Yeah Blah 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 Why are you You know All these points And I was like And I just like I was a mess And I was so upset And I was mm-hmm. Okay I went to talk to one of my Seminarian buddies about this And I told him the whole story and how upset I was about all mm-hmm. this thing. And he goes, give it a few days. I go, what? He says, give it a few days. Yeah. In a few days, he'll call you to his office and he'll apologize. And I was like, what, okay, whatever. Sure enough, a few days later, he you know, called me into the office. He apologized for the way he spoke to me. Mm-hmm. We had actually a really good conversation about what was going yeah. on. <laughs> you know, I admitted that I was wrong yeah. too. Yeah. And like from that day forward, if that rector told me to like jump off a bridge, I would have done it for yeah. him. Yeah because I knew he actually cared about exactly like he and it was funny like in not being afraid yeah of losing his power he like gained more authority exactly
1: it's it's I had a similar experience a few times like so the rector of our cathedral has been kind of like my mentor like I've known him for 17 years right so we 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 know each other very very well and we know how to push each other's buttons sometimes and sometimes we'll have a conversation and we'll just really kind of go at it and and you know, we don't hold anything back, but sometimes like, I'm like, oh man, I was wrong and I'll just go and apologize. Mm-hmm. And he, and same thing with him. Like, it was always within 24 hours. We just like, do it. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And we'd be able to eat dinner together the next day. Right. Because like, no problem. Nice. Like, and it was really good because, but that's the thing It's to say, okay, I handled this wrong and I'm really sorry. And, uh, mm-hmm. the hard thing is it's like when you, you don't do something wrong, like you really recognize you haven't done anything wrong and you've talked to multiple people about it and you recognize you haven't done anything wrong. And then people still think you did something wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's the hard one. That's the
1: hard one to to fix sometimes. But, but yeah. sometimes, and I, in that case though too, there's something in humility because whether you did something wrong or not, they perceived it a certain way and they got hurt, and that's worth apologizing for, regardless, right?
0: You know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Here's the thing: like humility actually is power. Yeah, like the more humble you are, the actually more powerful you are as a person. Yeah. Because it's the prideful that are always shattered by every slight against them. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ was never afraid to lose his authority. Right. Now, of course, he's God, you know, he, he can't, but he wasn't afraid of losing his authority in the way that we are. Right. Because he knew who he was. And what other people said about him didn't change that, mm-hmm. you know? So I think leaders need to take on that same thing because they're going to be under so much scrutiny yeah both fair and unfair yeah but how do you hold your power do you hold it with humility or do you hold it with this kind of prideful fear
1: it's yeah it, it's 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 a hard one to balance it, mm-hmm. it it's really is because it i mean it's something i'm trying to learn because in some ways i really like i'm i'm so like we've talked about this with stuff like with regards to the mass or something like that right i know it's going to work <laughs> I, like i know it just trust me, people. But I think yeah. it's about saying... And that's where you have to play it a little bit to say, okay, this is a good decision to make, but it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. Right? Let it be slow and organic. And this is the thing, like, because people say, oh, you're a pastor, now you can do whatever you want. I'm like, nope. I could do whatever I want, but then I'd have an empty church. Yeah. And then that's pointless. And I'm going to have to answer for that the judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to answer for that. I mean, I'm already... It's already scary enough because I have to answer for all the people who aren't here still. So, um, that's something to, and and also though to, especially with young pastors, I, I people really need to realize like we're we do not have all the answers. We are still learning, and instead of maybe criticizing, having a conversation, say how's it going, you know. I'm struggling with this. What are your thoughts on this? Like, like just be more support is really, really important for a new pastor. It's really, really important because otherwise if we just get hurt, I can see how, like I'm starting to like, wow, I can see how people get bitter in the priesthood. It's very, yeah. very easy. It's scary how easy it is actually.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that thing about you inviting people to help young pastors out and to ask how they're doing, like that's very much the action of the body of Christ. Like if, if your head gets hit with a two by four and you're bleeding, it's the hand that brings up the rag <laughs> exactly. to like patch the bleed. Right. Yeah. You know, B- these things that different parts of it all are supposed to work together. Yeah, And that's the, like, yeah. so just because someone has authority over you doesn't mean that you have no say, or there's not supposed to be an interaction or even a person. Yeah. Uh, how do I put this? I'm not sure but it's so important for someone who is a follower yeah to have a confident relationship with their leader yeah. who that you are not afraid to speak truth to them yeah because you have a power just if you're speaking the truth having the truth that's a power yeah. that you know is, is that god gives you yeah. the truth yeah. right so to even if you're not necessarily an ordained person or head of a parish or whatever else yeah it might be if you have the truth like if you know the pastor has screwed up you now have that power of truth how are you gonna hold it yeah exactly. how are you gonna use it yeah you know yeah exactly. are you gonna use this with love yeah or you it to just just freaking knock them down and squish them into the ground yeah which i get that temptation trust me it's Oof, I get
1: always it. a temptation right and mm-hmm. the other thing too is this is when there is conflict always go to the person first yeah. always 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 I, I've learned that the hard way but I've also been on the receiving end of when people don't go to you first mm-hmm. and it's really really important and if you because if you feel you can't talk to the person then you shouldn't be talking about it to someone else
0: you know it's also important to realize that in a parish there are snitches everywhere <laughs> everywhere so you think your little conversation you had in the parking lot bashing the priest you think that didn't get to the priest somehow oh you are wrong yeah so you gotta be careful oh we, right? we hear about it we hear it. oh we do yeah. we know everything yeah and we see you in the back of the church leaving early and we judge you for that too yeah exactly exactly so yeah it's
1: and really pray for the bishops
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, let's <laughs> get back to something serious. Well, no, like, we really got to pray threats. for them.
1: No, absolutely. And there's some real, like, I don't know. I, I watched I as best I could. I've been in a different headspace for another reason this last week. But um, as best I could, I was following along with the meetings. And I was just, like, shaking my head at some things being said. And then really, like, okay, I'm glad it's not all. Like, there were some really great things being said, too. But it, it was a bit of... And it's interesting just talking to other priests, it's just been a real shocker, and I don't know what's going on. And we don't like you and I, we're too young to know the deeper workings of the hierarchy of the church, yes. So I don't know what's going on, think, I'm confused too, but
0: yeah, I think part of it though, and you touched on it earlier, is that I think for too long bishops haven't been allowed to be bishops, or they haven't allowed themselves to be bishops. Right. They've been administrators, Mm -hmm. and they've been working on all these problems, and they've been putting out fires, that they've, maybe some of them have forgotten or lost sight of what it means just to be a shepherd, and just to be a father. Because you get so wrapped up with all these complicated things that would totally overwhelm me, and make me start like just crying in the corner like yeah. i couldn't do it yeah i'd just be crying in the corner with my pointy hat just like just <laughs> weeping horribly you had those days <laughs> just as a pastor <laughs> exactly and you don't even have a pointy hat it's exactly. so comfort you it's like oh my goodness exactly. so sad right so, but i think this conversation and it seemed like the conversations that a lot of them were having at this meeting were kind of bringing them some of them maybe back into reality a little yeah. bit more and they were disagreeing with themselves yeah. and arguing with themselves yeah. and like and, and having like real conversation. But I felt like a lot oh, wow, that was going on too. And that's, and that's too. good, right? Yeah. And I
1: think like 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 that that tweet I read from JD from his live tweeting of it that from the guy from the review board or whatever it was, like he was calling them out. He it's like, "You guys, you're listening to lawyers and not Jesus."
0: Yeah. And
1: and this Ooh. is this is where honestly, I mean, we have to be careful. Like, there's a lot of obviously distinctions to be made but the, this is where a lady in some ways laity has a bit of a freedom that we don't mm-hmm. right there's a real relationship between a bishop and, and priests and so how our relationship works it's a lot more private in some ways right Yeah. and so if we have an issue or something we bring it to him in private we don't go out saying but like what that Lewis guy did or what some people you know you you do have a legitimate role to publicly kind of say like this is what we need from you and hopefully mm-hmm. they'll hear it
0: yeah. yeah. So the most powerful person in the church is the saint. Yep. And it'll be the saints the ones that reform the church.
1: Amen. So be a keep saint, praying guys, and be a saint. Yep.
0: Be gum saints. Be gum saints. Well, cool. There you go. There you go. That's a pretty good, yeah. pretty, 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 pretty good podcast. Yeah. So. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to shill. And by a whole bunch of stuff, I mean one thing. And that one thing, I mean our Patreon. If you guys would like to support us, even for as little as $1 a month, um, producer Nick will thank you, the missionaries of charity will thank you, and we will thank you. And if you choose to donate $5 or $10 a month, your chosen tweets will be read and talked about, maybe made fun of, by Father Harrison and I. Here we go. So you can find me at Father Sharapa on Twitter,
1: and you can find me at Fr Harrison. And sorry to and, Tommy Ty.
0: Ah, oh, Tommy Tai. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll have you on next time. Maybe we'll have him on once he becomes a uh, patron. <laughs> right there, we go. Tommy Ty, you donate, you give us ten dollars a month. Maybe, maybe we'll actually have you on. Sorry, we'll have you on next <laughs> you time. You can find us. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Clerical Pod, and our Gmail is. Clerically speaking at gmail.com. Boom. Did it. Peace. God bless. All right. There we go. (laughs) Why am I so awkward all the time?